This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now, let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. And welcome to season six of the Leading Second Podcast. So glad you're here. This is a space we've created for anybody who leads from the middle. So if you're leading, but you're not in charge and you're just wanting to give your all for the kingdom of God and get it right for your church and your pastor, this is the space for you. I'm glad you've made it here. My name is Clark, and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second. And today we are joined by several of our Leading Second coaches to talk about alignment. Before we do, I wanted to share a little bit about one of our partners for this season, Tithely. Do you want to grow the generosity at your church? Because if you do, like we all do, then you need to make it easy and convenient to give. Tithely offers free online giving tools that make it simple for your church members to tithe and make offerings. With Tithely, church members can give from any digital device. That includes mobile giving, text to give, and giving on their laptop or their computer. And on average, churches who use Tithely increase their giving by 165% year over year. That's a great investment. So if you want to learn more about how to use Tithely to grow generosity at your church, go to tithely.com. Well, for today's episode, Pastor Brandon is joined by a few of our very own leading second coaches, including Matt and Jennifer Martin and Nick Deckold. They're talking all things alignment. So let's join the conversation. Well, I'm so excited today for the conversation we are going to have, and I'm particularly excited to welcome members of our coaching team uh, from Leading Second Coaching. We have a brilliant team of coaches, and three of our best are joining us today for what I believe is going to be a rich conversation. So first of all, uh, Nick Deckold from Lakeshore Church in Dallas area. Say what's up to everybody. Nick? What's up, everybody? My name is Nick, as Brandon said. Honored to be on the team with Leading Second and uh, excited about the conversation today. Absolutely. I love it. You are brilliant leader brilliant church building the building right now we were just talking about it in in the thick of it uh and i love what god is doing at lakeshore and then matt and jen martin from north rock church are back with us today say what's up to everybody matt and jen absolutely always always a pleasure to be on the the top podcast with leading come second on, team come on somebody and uh, <laughs> uh it's uh, always a privilege and uh, love what we get to do here at north rock church in san antonio and love what we get to do with uh, leading second and, and what, what God is doing through through this ministry. Top podcast. That's what my mom yeah. tells me about the podcast. It's 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 a, <laughs> it's a word of wisdom there. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yes. So excited to be on here with all three of you. Some of my favorite leaders 
Um, so happy to be part of Leading Second and excited about the conversation today. You know, each of you reached out to me in your own way, and I'm so grateful for it. And don't you just love, really fast, don't you just love what we get to do with coaching with leaders? I don't mean to turn this into a commercial. Yes. It is the absolutely. It's the highlight of the month to me to yeah. sit across from leaders and unpack you know, wisdom from lessons learned and, and from bruises incurred, you know, yeah, and, and absolutely. everything along the way. And thank you all for the investment of time you give into that. Here's the premise for today's conversation. Alignment is extremely important in an organization, as we all know. And alignment is certainly a heart issue. I have said that often. I'll continue to say it. It's sort of this ability for the leader to look at their pastor and say, Pastor, I am with you. I am aligned with you, heart and soul. Jonathan's armor bearer. We've said it. We'll say it again in leading second. I certainly believe that. But I have a growing conviction right now that alignment is more than this. I have this growing conviction that alignment is also an organizational issue. So the question I feel like I'm now asking myself and I'm asking others that I'm coaching is this, how can someone be aligned if they're unclear as to what's in the realm of their authority or responsibility? In other words, if the organization isn't clear, if their empowerment isn't clear, maybe just maybe this is some of the source of the misalignment we might see on a team, I, I think sometimes we see people that appear to be misaligned. And how easy is it, guys? How easy is it to just go, ah, oh, they're not with us? Or, you know, mm -hmm. you know, we start to make this narrative about this person. But what if their issue is that they just don't know how to win or they don't know what's expected of them? They don't know what they've been empowered to do. So that's my working premise for today's conversation. And just to open it up, I'm wondering if each of you have seen this. Have you seen this happen in your world, on your team? I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this today. Absolutely. I'll go first. Um, I think that for sure you can, uh, it's, it's a big thing. Also, I think that we see this a lot in new hires and this isn't something that is talked about, but when we hire from the outside or even the inside, they immediately come in misaligned um, mm. through no fault of their own. There is no heart issue there. They want to be part of the team, but they are out of alignment because they have not been on the team. And I learned this. We hired um, one of my favorite people around here at North Rock. His name is Jim Piper. We hired him a few years ago. And for about the first year, he kept telling us, guys, I'm still out of alignment. There are still mm. things I'm learning about North Rock because he came from a church in, um, in Colorado. And so he said, there, there are still so many cultural things that I'm learning. And so I've learned that it takes a person about a year to really come into mm. alignment when, when you hire them from outside of the organization. Um, and also something that I recently learned is when you change seats for someone, when you mm. move them within the organization, 
there is always some misalignment that naturally happens because they were very clear on what their role was, what they were supposed to be doing before. And now you've changed things up for them. And um, my leadership coach told me a long time ago, first of all, clarity is kindness, but clarity is also Mm. security. And lots of times there is our our staff members are um, experiencing a lack of security because we've made changes and we've not been clear about it. And we think that they're out of alignment and possibly they are, but it's not because they have a heart issue. It's because we haven't been clear about this new role and exactly what the expectations are within the organization. Okay. First of all, that's brilliant. And we need to go back to Jim for a minute. That was really great. What self-awareness to be able to say, I'm not there. And what a beautiful ability to make it not a cuss word, you know, that I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I absolutely intend to be and want to be, and I need your help to be. That's brilliant because I think maybe we've unintentionally turned it into this cuss word versus just someone saying, I need a little help here and I'm good. I I, I can get there. I think that's, that's really wise and really self-aware. Well, it was, it was so good for me as a leader. I learned so much in that moment that it's not a cuss word because he taught me that immediately when I bring someone in, they are coming in out of alignment. Yeah. Um, and so now, now it's just a natural part of what we do when we hire someone. If they are, if we're hiring them from within our church, then there's not as much of that. But if they're, if we're doing an outside hire, they are out of alignment. They are bringing everything from mm. their previous church, previous organization into ours. And it's not the same. So there is some misalignment there. And I loved it. He would say, I can't tell you how many, meet, how many meetings he would say, hey, guys, just so you know, I thought something different, which is telling me I am still out of alignment with what North Rock, uh, where North Rock is going. So really good. Really good. No, I um. I think I think Jim brought up some great points. I think um, another way to look at it would be this: is that I think organizational clarity, as Jim t- touched on a bit, is just a huge factor as well. Um, I recently had a situation of somebody on our team where we had an issue where there was some conflict, and it came down to she didn't know the authority that she had to make certain decisions in the moment. And so what happened was after kind of everything kind of hit the fan, there was this emotional response. Um, because she felt trapped between two different bosses, right? You've got her direct supervisor, you've got a supervisor that's over that person. Um, And for her, she made the statement just to say, like, I I felt trapped and I didn't know that I could make a decision I needed to make. I didn't know what to do in that moment because I had two people that I felt uh, were asking me to do do two different things. And so for us, like, that that allowed a great conversation because I was able to share with her that I knew her heart was in the right place. Her heart was she wanted to honor her leadership, period. So in that moment, to your point, Brandon, it wasn't a hard issue. I know this person. They've been on our team for a long time. I know their heart was to serve their leader in that moment to the best right. of their capacity. But that identified a problem on our end of things to say, hey, does she know the, the direct chain of command? Does she know who to go to or how to have the conversations or what's okay to push back on and at what level to push back on? Um, and for us, it was just helping her identify to say, hey, min- ministry is a little bit messy in the sense that even outside of a job description, we're going to wear multiple hats. We're going to be asked to do different things. But when it comes down right. to it, 
Um, we trust your heart, but this is going to be an ongoing conversation and there's going to be a little bit of attention. But it allowed me to pastor her in that moment to let her know, I know your heart, I trust your heart, but we're going to walk through this and have those conversations as we move forward. Well said. And that that's very, very interesting. And I think we've all found ourselves there. You know, I have a, a, a fraught relationship with a couple of statements. We say things like we have a whatever it takes spirit. And and that certainly should be true. I would I would think we should all have that. Or we say things and, and I've taught this. I literally have courses about this, about how a mentor taught me the best gift you have is the gift that best serves. And in, in other words, we we don't just serve where we want you. We, we serve where is best for the house. And so I love the sentiment and culture. I love what that does on the team. I love the the all in spirit that produces on the team. But would you all agree that there's some challenges that we still have to overcome even when we say those things? Because whatever it takes is not meant to be a cover for an organizational mess, first of all. You know, saying we're just all in for the house should not excuse poor management and clarity and leadership. And, and would you agree that we've maybe convoluted those things a little bit? We, we've, we've, in, in our attempt, I think a good attempt to, build maybe an all-in culture, we've excused ourselves from being yeah, I, really clear with people. Matt. I, I agree with that because it's we, we've had that conversation um, around, we have a culture guide that we, we go through with all of our team and high-level volunteers. And there's that idea, you know, of, you know, of being all-in, going, going, you know, just full-on, whatever it takes. But one of... Uh, we'd read a book and we still read it. It's recommended reading for our team is Monday morning leadership with uh, David Cottrell wrote it. And he put in there, one of the main things for a leader is to eliminate confusion. And sometimes we, we need to be so clear on what we're going all in on. I, I think, I think we, I think people want to go all in and they want to do whatever it takes, but, but, but point a little more clearly to what it is. It's because it, it can't be six things, can't be really even three things, maybe two. But let's find that yeah. one thing that we go all in on. But one of the main things, I love that, that phrase out of there. One of the main things for a leader is to eliminate confusion. And when we do Beautiful. that, we're really, we're going to help people. We're going to help employees. We're going to help volunteers. Uh, the team come into alignment so much faster and so much better. Yeah. You, you know, one caveat I've given myself on the whatever it takes is I think when a problem arises for the first time, it's a one off. It's a unique thing. I absolutely believe it's whatever it takes. I believe it's all hands on deck. It's it's slide over, meet the need. I, I think that's really important. I think it becomes a challenge with patterns. If the same problem emerges and we're still asked whatever it takes whatever it takes. I think that's maybe where some of the breakdown comes. So I've always encouraged people, if it's a one-off, it's if it's a if it's a problem that's popped up, if it's something, yeah, absolutely. Everybody rush in, let's fix it, let's solve it. So we don't want to eliminate that culture by any means, but we're looking maybe for patterns where we go against our very need for for clarity and we embrace confusion, you know, Matt, like you're talking about. Okay. So let me ask you guys a few a few questions here. First of all, what would you say to a leader who lacks clarity in their role or responsibility? So a team member walks into your office, they're unclear, 
what would you say to them? How would you coach them to help them regain clarity if they're if they're missing it or it's not being immediately offered to them? So just just for sake of clarity for me, so is this a team member that that direct reports to me? Uh, sure. Let's try that one on first. Let's do that. Well, if I, if, if I had a staff member come in and they felt like they were missing it or they weren't clear about um, something in their role, then that's on me. Um, I, I'm, I'm first of all going to apologize and say, hey, clearly I, I've let you down uh, because I do believe that clarity is kindness. And I think I, I don't ever be one of the one to uh, hamstring one of my staff members because I have have painted too many targets. I, I think that sometimes in the church world and and certainly when our staff is small, we we tend to paint too many different targets because um, this week it's this and next week it's that, and um, we we pull their job description out a year later and realize they are doing nothing on this job description right. because we kept moving the target without an actual sit down conversation about it. And so I think that if, if it's someone that direct reports to me, I, I have to own that I have let this person down. The second thing I'm going to do is bring as much clarity to it as I can. Okay, here's your top three priorities. Yes, there is a job description, but here's the top three priorities for you that I'm looking at. I'm looking at you that I need you to take care of weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever the role is. These are your top three priorities so that they are very clear on what 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 they're aiming at. If they're asked to do something after that, then it's on them to say yes or no to that. They are clear on what the target is at that point. But I will say um, sometimes the the biggest problem that I found with staff members is that they don't know to ask. Um, mm. And so if you are a staff member and you don't feel like you have clarity on what you're supposed to be doing, and sometimes in the church world, certainly in, 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 in new starts, fresh starts, paperwork is like something we're going to get to, right? Like we'll get to your roles and responsibilities right now. We just need you to, to do this. And so sometimes what's happened is somebody's asked a, a person to do something and then a different person's asked that same person to do something. And then someone else asked that person to do something and they're wearing 65 hats, but, but the leadership in charge doesn't know that that person's wearing 65 hats. It's okay for you to go ask. It's okay for you to sit down and say, okay, I made a list of everything I'm responsible for. I don't feel like I can hit this bar. So I need you to tell me which, which is most important to you. Um, and so I, I just think that everybody needs permission to ask, like, mm. just go ask your leader, Hey, what, what, what do you see that I, I, um, I need to be working on or, or what, what's yeah. most important to you? What's your greatest uh, target for me? So. Great answer. Let me just follow up with this one. How does your answer change if it's not someone that reports to you? <laughs> oh, let's just make it hard, Brandon. Um, I, I mean, my answer is going to be, let's, let's go talk to your direct report. Do you feel comfortable going talk to your direct report or would you like me to go with you? 
um, and let's go talk to your direct report together. But um, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to ever overstep, but I also want to, you know, there, there could be other things at play. There could be a, a some headbutting going on um, with, with them and their direct report. And maybe, you know, I'm not, I'm not privy to everything. I'm going to redirect them back to the person they're supposed to be yeah. with, but I'm going to offer to go if, if I need to. So I don't want to get us off on a tangent here, but this is another big passion point for me right now, especially we're, we're walking really heavily with some organizations drawing fresh structure and all that, but structure is just one thing. Culture is a whole nother thing to go along with structure. And what I've noticed is it can be so easy to get out of alignment with your own peers. So let's say someone came to you and they don't report to you, but they're experiencing some trouble. How easy would it be to show daylight with a fellow, in, in your case, a fellow executive pastor at your church? That, and, and, but, but how dangerous is that for the culture of the organization? You could say, oh, I know. They're awful at being clear, aren't they? <laughs> you know, and and you in your attempt to maybe empathize or, you know, help them or you know calm them down, you can actually unintentionally create misalignment sheerly by showing daylight with your own peers. And so I, I don't want to get us too deep on this, but what you just did is you walked them over to that person's office, and you helped them, but you you didn't. In your example there, you didn't show daylight with the person that you are peers. Does that make sense to you guys? Because I feel like that's another really yeah. uh, big unforced error is you, you you show some daylight. And what you don't realize is you just poisoned your own well. You just, right. you just drop misalignment straight into the tone, not even the structure, just the tone of your organization. I don't know if you guys want to mm -hmm. say anything on that, but that's a big... Thing I'm, I think I'm looking out for right now is teams of peers being aligned and unified. Yeah, some, sometimes people at that level, like you're talking about, they do that, not realizing they're causing misalignment, but because they're enjoying being the hero in the moment, maybe, or <laughs> sure. maybe they, maybe, maybe sure. they're insecure about something, or or they had a loss that week in, in, in one of their areas, but I can win because my peer isn't doing their job well enough. So I'm going to, I'm going to fix, I'm going to fix their employee or their, their, you know, their reporting person. And man, it just, and again, it, you know, they're doing it out of an insecurity, but they, they wreck, a, they wreck an alignment in culture. So. Poison the well, and you're going to drink from it is yeah. I think the bo yeah. the bottom line there. And you, you won't like what, what comes from that. So, mm -hmm. Let's... I think on that as well. On that as well, Brandon. I think I think the 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 point that Jim brought up, bringing them to their supervisor. I think you also have an opportunity in that where, let's just say, a coworker or whether they're serving under you or they're a peer, and there becomes some sort of vent session where they're talking. I think you have an opportunity to show that you you have a listening ear without agreeing, and then coaching them how to approach that person they need to approach. Right. So. So you, you're you're allowing that pastoral moment to come in, but in the same breath, pointing them to the person they need to speak to and letting them know, here's some insight that I've gained when I talk to this person on how to approach this person, or I would go with these questions, or but but redirecting them back to that person, I think adds the greatest value to the yep. individual as well as the organization as a whole. Maybe the way we could sum this up is our job is not to be the hero. Our job is to be the guide. That is someone yep. is experiencing 
this and you're not the one to do something about it. It's, 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 it's an issue with their own supervisor or whatnot. Um, it's not your job to be the hero, be the guide, help them pastor them. I love that you just said pastor them. That, that's the beauty of what we do is we, we get to pray together and we get to lead them spiritually. And there's a reason they're sitting in your office. In other words, there's a reason they chose to walk in there. So what a, what a great opportunity to step into that. So, Okay, let me ask you this. So let, let's talk on the positive now for a minute. What does it look like for a leader to lead alignment in whatever sphere they happen to lead? You know, whatever department or part of the org, org they lead in. So when someone is leading alignment, I guess let's just get really practical. What skills are they using or what what meetings are they having? What 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 are they practically doing to bring and lead clarity and alignment. Have you all found any best practices there that you'd want to share with us today? Jennifer, I have a lot to say. I think one of the, on this would be the, your one-on-one meetings, your, your one-on-one direct report meetings. I mean, that is, to me, that is just a huge place to, to unpack it. You have time, you can set tone, you can hear tone, um, and you're able to, to walk through it versus, I, I had this conversation this morning. Um, I, I, I told him, I said, we're gonna, we're gonna set up a, if there's a problem, we're gonna set up a group text. I said, but we're having this one-on-one right now. There was three, actually three of us in the room. I said, but here's the thing, when that text comes through, because we have a, we have a, a, a problem, we know all of us are sitting here together and we know that it's not aggressive, passive aggressive, whining, like, like the, you know, the, the parameters have been set. Well, that was, we were able to have that alignment conversation because we sat down in a one-on-one meeting and were able to set, you know, set that going forward. But if somebody's out of alignment, when you sit down with them, you're able to, and I know Jennifer does this a, a lot with, with her, with her team. Yeah. I, I think um, you said, what skills are you using um, to make sure that, that you are leading alignment and uh, I, a few years ago, we came across a culture guide that another church had done, and, and I just kind of adopted it. And um, it has been a, a huge tool for us to point at in every piece of the organization. And we attach everything to something in the culture guide. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when we say, you know, when, when we're not wanting something to happen, we'll say, don't do this because this, you know, and then we'll attach a culture saying to it or, or a culture reason to it. And we take every opportunity we can to push that as far down as we can. Um, and so every huddle, every weekend has a, has a bit of, of a culture piece because we're trying to make sure that the greeter that only serves twice a month at one of our campuses is as culturally culturally aligned as we can get her, him or her. And so we're just going to, every email, every um, meeting that we have, we're going to take pieces of culture to make sure that alignment is there. Um, and then the higher up in the organization they go, obviously there are bigger pieces that we check to make sure that there is alignment attached to those. But, um, you know, when Matt talked about the one-on-one, when we're talking about when we're talking about staff, we have to take the opportunity in those one-on-ones to make sure that we are addressing anything that is out of alignment. And you know, little foxes spoil the vine. 
And there are little things that we as leaders sometimes overlook that are that are misalignment that we think aren't going to be a big deal that can turn into a big deal. And I think when you see something, no matter how small, you've got to correct it, even if the person doesn't mean anything by it, even if it's not a a, a huge issue. It's just, hey, it's little things like um, I can't stand it when I hear someone say, and we don't hear it very often, but hey, I work the 1130 service. Well, we don't, we don't work. That's not part of our culture. So we immediately say, you mean serve, you're serving the 1130 service. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And it's just correcting the little things that you see when you see them. So I have a question for y'all. I have a funny one. Because one form of alignment is the ability of departments to work together. This is, if you want a fancy term for it, it's called cross-functionality. So it's it's the ability for teams of people to come together to accomplish a project or an event or, you know, plan a weekend service, whatever, whatever that is. We don't work in silos. That never helps us move forward. So brilliant executive pastors that you are. What do you do when another leader, you're struggling to work with another leader or another department, like you you cannot get on the same page with them. You feel like, you know, teams are, are inadvertently kind of rubbing each other or not coalescing around goals or culture. So, I mean, when we're experiencing kind of cross-functional issues, how would y'all approach that one? Because no, no doubt there's some facilities team out there that's frustrated with the youth ministry for something, (laughs) or there's, you know, there, there, there's some weekend service team that's not working or uh, uh, no doubt there's some receipt lady out there somewhere that can't get receipts in from anybody, you know, and, and, uh, (laughs) so I, I, I just love to hear how y'all approach maybe more organizational or kind of cross-functional misalignment when you see it. I think for, for us, you know, this whole topic of alignment, you know, you, you address the heart issue. And outside of that, I think us as executive pastors, as high level leaders of campus pastors, whatever your level of authority is, I think if, if there's a misalignment issues that are outside of the heart, heart issues, I think it's always got to be looked at us, right? Like like this idea of organizational clarity. If we don't have clear systems, clear processes, if we haven't put things in place that our team knows what the process is to accomplish, how do we get a receipt? Or what do we do when a room gets messed up? Or what do we do when a small group comes in and flips a room that was used for yeah. a different day or a calendar wasn't put on and now you got a double booked room? I, I think from, from that standpoint, as a leader who has authority to speak into those situations, um, we've got to look to say, as our as we grow, as we change, as we develop, um, are we giving our team clarity on how to uh, walk through that process? And so I, I think, again, I think well, that, that doesn't sound very fun, Nick. That doesn't sound like the fun stuff I want to be doing. <laughs> I want to be leading worship or preaching or something. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. But doesn't it kind of feel like that, right? That's why that's why it's the meeting that never happens. It's the it's the form that never gets filled out, you know. <laughs> yes, yes, I know that pain. We uh, we had a, we had a good friend of leadership development coaching with our team uh, last year, last fall, I believe, and he he made a statement, and and we're we're working to live it out, and 
um, we'll be coming, we're coming back to it more and more, but he made this statement about, he said, have the last 10% conversation. Like, like you, like when you, when your, your departments are, are, are butting heads or you're crossing, you know, you're crossing lanes too hard. We'll, we'll say 90% of the right things or we'll dance around it. But what is, what's the 10% that you're leaving unsaid that really needs to be said? And he was trying to give our team permission to have the hard conversation to say, Hey, quit leaving the 10% in your pocket, like take out that 10% and say, okay, I've said all of that, but what I'm really frustrated about is, or what I really need to get accomplished is because we're not, our teams aren't doing that. They're getting up to a certain point and they just, you know, and they, and some people, you know, they use honor as a, as a blanket to cover this up. Some people will use respect and no, no, no. It's actually dishonoring to not have that last 10% conversation. Yes. And, And so what does it look like for your teams and to lead your teams uh, to have that last 10% and say, okay, we, we, we're at a, we're at a crossroads and we've collided pretty hard. And there's some, there's some, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's two wrecked cars here and a bumper in the ditch and a, okay, now let's, let's talk about the, the real issue. here. So. so I feel like the two of you just gave us the front end and the back end of the solution here. So on the front end, we need to be clear about how we're going to do this. How is the youth ministry going to request and set up and clean up the facilities that they use. So we we just don't burn every bridge with this wonderful facilities team that we have, you know. And so so Nick kind of took us to the front end of clarity because you can't coach something that's not been made clear. You have no backstop uh, against your coaching if if something has not been set up as an expectation. But then Matt, you just talked about this idea. I've heard it referred to as being ruthlessly constructive. So it's this idea: don't hold back in in, in the meeting, and not be mean. And but I love the way you framed it. That's actually dishonorable to to not then go there because of its lingering effect on us. Yeah, it just it just keeps going. You know, it, it's it's the it's the you know the the sore that won't go away. <laughs> you know, it's just the it's the thing. And if if you don't deal with it now, you're gonna you're gonna deal with it again next time and next time's going to feel a whole lot sooner than this time did. And then it just, you know, this just keeps you know snowballing. So Brandon, one thing that I would add to that right there is, you know, we, we're talking about making sure that organizationally that there is clarity, but I think if there are issues department to department, or as you use the, the phrase cross functionality, and, and there seems to be butting of heads there, I think you do have to stop and make sure that there's not a heart issue between one or more, of the people involved um, because we, you know, that, that is a real thing. And, and those, those things pop up and we've experienced it here where there were, there were hard issues. They, it, it wasn't lack of clarity. It was, Hey, you two need to go in a room and figure this out because it's affecting the organization and I'm not going to put up with it. So um, we're on the same team. You need to, you know, you need to go kumbaya. Y'all need to go get coffee. Like, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to hold your hand while you do it because, uh, you're adults, but, but this isn't okay. And, you know, from time to time, you're going to have a toxic staff member. And if you do, if you are dealing with toxicity in someone, then, then it's my job as the leader to go ahead and pull that person in and, and deal with that right then. And, and nip that. you, you just nip that. Yeah. Right then and there. We 
we dealt with this in one of our summer episodes talking about character, but I think it could apply here. I believe it was Josh Bingle used the analogy that some if you're out on a boat and you're having a problem with the boat, there's some problems you can address and fix while you're in the water, and there's some problems you need to get the boat out of the water and take some time to repair before you can safely go back out. So I think there's some issues, you know, we can kind of casually deal with on the fly as we're moving, but you just brought us to toxicity, which to me starts to raise the bar here. Like we actually need to take, take some time out and address something because we have a, we have a major flaw that if it goes unaddressed could really be costly for us. And I just want to make that note. Some issues, yeah, you, you can kind of be worked on as you're moving, but some really take some time out. And and like we need to we need to actually carve out some time for this one in the right environment, in the right space, believing God to flush out toxicity. I've seen God do it. I, I've seen team members thriving today that were toxic yesterday. It's so possible, but it does take some care. It does take some pasturing. Yeah. And one thing, Brandon, as well, I mean, I, I think either you've said this, I've heard it before on the topic of alignment is alignment doesn't mean 100% agreement, right? So so Correct. I may not agree with the solution you're coming up with so that we can work together as two departments, but I'm going to make a decision that we're going to be in alignment because the, the bigger and the greater whole is the goal. That is the touchdown. And so in the, the, the middle part of the two bookends Beautiful. may just be... Uh, we, we do this with our team often is, is have that clarifying conversation to say, like, it's not about what's best for you or what's best for you, but let's look organizationally what's best and remind them of the touchdown, remind them of the way to say we're moving the entire church forward, not your department or not that department. But even in the moment, I think we get blinded to what's most important for us, what's easiest for us. Um, and having that, again, that reminding conversation to say, we may not either agree that this is best, but can we agree for the whole, this is what's going to cause most alignment to move us forward. So good. So good. Well, first of all, I have loved this conversation today because again, y'all are some of my favorite people to talk shop with. I feel like we've kind of been having a coffee here and, you know, talking about all of our tough issues. I'm going to give each of you the final word here with with a last question if a leader is still listening they needed this conversation today so something has been helpful to them this is probably a leader wanting to be in alignment or lead it so just to the person who feels like they're struggling in this area speak right to their heart each of you take a second what would you say to that leader today as we wrap uh, i would start with this question if, if i'm sitting in the seat struggling with alignment struggling to make sure I'm in this in the right spot, doing the right thing. <clears throat> and I've asked this question. I would ask my leader, what does me winning look like to you? What, what, does, what does me winning look like? When you think of Matt sitting in that seat, Matt's winning when. And right. I had this opportunity. Um, I, I, I uh, started with, I have a new assistant that has started with me. And we were trying to go over roles and responsibilities. And finally, I just told her, I said, I want you to know you winning for me looks like. And I was able to clarify that. 
And she looked at me, she said, that was better than any piece of paper. Now we still had a job description, but she said that that clarified everything for me because, and I've seen it play out over the last two weeks. There have been a couple of things happen where she's winning, uh, you know, because of the statement that I made, but I, I would, uh, that's, that would be my thing. I would ask the question, what, what does me winning look like to you? And um, that causes both parties to, to think about it and, and clarify. Right. Yeah. I, um, I would say if you're concerned about it, first of all, then that is is a good place to be because that means you care. You care about the organization that you're a part of. Um, you can you care about the organization winning. You care about the church reaching people. Um, and I would say if you, if you're struggling, then go have a conversation with your direct report. I, I don't think I can say it any better than Matt just said right now. You know, job descriptions are great, but sometimes we just need to hear that, that you know, what exactly does winning look like? And, and I would say, too, sometimes in the church world, we're not in the seat that we want to be in. And we can feel like we're out of alignment because we feel like our where we're gifted doesn't na- exactly match up to where the organization, the seat that they have placed us in. But I would say that when you ask that question, where am I winning? then that that puts your heart in a posture to be open, to be in alignment to wherever that organization needs you to sit in that moment. And it may not be where you want to be or where you feel naturally gifted to be, but it, it, it you know, puts you in, in the position and, the, and your leader to know that you want to make sure that you are in, in, in alignment with where the organization's going and that you feel called to that, to that church and that, that leader. Beautiful. Beautiful. Very good. Yeah. My, yeah. Just uh, final thoughts on this. I, I think in, in summarizing, we've talked about the heart issue. We've leaned more on the organizational issue. Um, I wouldn't say it's an either or it's a both and. And so I think for the individual um, to have a heart of humility, to have a heart to want to serve the house, uh, to first check your heart to say, is it a heart issue with me? Uh, and if it's not, if you can, if you can have that honest conversation with you and the Lord and it's not, then having the humility to go to your leadership um, and to ask the question, because again, I'm thinking of the leader that may be here, that their heart is right. Uh, they may be listening and their heart is right, but maybe their organization they serve in is lacking clarity. And so what do, what do they do, right? So I think you could have the conversations with your pastor, with your leader, with your direct report, uh, putting preferences aside and just say, hey, what do you, what do you need from me in this season? inside my job description, outside of my job description, and having the heart of a servant to say, what can I do best to serve this church? And I, and I think through those conversations, you may get clarity um, or maybe even get uh, some, some favor and insight to have those conversations to help bring clarity to where, there, where there's lack of that. So uh, I think having the heart of a servant, checking your heart um, and, and having the tough conversations to say, what do we need to do to, to get things moving forward? Beautiful. This was a masterclass today, friends. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for a great conversation today. It was an honor. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at leading second and join us on the leading second collective on Facebook. Facebook.